is the Arizona Cardinals offense going to be in 2022? I've got a ranking system. I'll show it to you. Also, is Cliff Kingsbury really the fourth best head coach in the NFL with the average roster? I'm going to have the mastermind behind the wizardry that has him so locked on Cardinals. Here we go. You are locked on Cardinals. Your daily Arizona Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hi, everybody. Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On Easy Cards. Uh, Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thanks. Thank you, everybody who's along this journey with me. Um, thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Nile. Make your moments sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Locked On Sports listeners get 50 bucks off purchases of 500 bucks or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement as well. Use code Locked On at checkout. As always, jam show today. How good is this Arizona Cardinals offense going to be? I'm going to rank the top position players on the offensive side of the ball as a lock to be great this year an almost lock to be great this year and a question mark. It's going to be fascinating. I'm going to start with the locks in the first segment, the pseudo locks and question marks in the second segment, then Connor McQuiston from pro football focus, the mastermind behind the wizardry and sorcery that has this graph right here that has Cliff Kingsbury as the fourth best coach in the NFL with an average roster. I'm going to ask him what the hell he's talking about. I'm going to say, what the hell are you talking about? That'll be in the third segment. Super excited to get him on. Double major in math and physics from Michigan. Uh, Smarter dude than me. The Arizona Cardinals offense is going to be fun as hell in 2022. We know that. We know it's going to be fun. And – With Kyler Murray as the maestro, he's got weapons. He's got weapons. I mean, they've checked almost all the boxes on the offensive side of the ball. If you listened to my podcast yesterday, if not, check it out on YouTube and uh, anywhere else you get your podcast, Apple, Google Play, et cetera, free and available. Um, I think that they should sign another wide receiver. I highlighted Julio Jones because of the first six-week stretch. It's difficult. The Cardinals can't just afford to not have all hands on deck uh, the wide receiver position with DeAndre Hopkins out. So I still think there's a little bit of work to do to just really just add to the depth of the offense. But that aside, lock, pseudo lock, and question mark. I'll start with Kyler Murray lock. Okay, that's easy. Um. James Conner, I'll say pseudo lock to be a star this year. Last year was the first year that he really did that. Sure, he had a great year in Pittsburgh, the first year Le'Veon Bell left. You know, you're in that weird age at running back where you look and say, you know what, he deserved the money that he got, and he should only be touching the ball 65% of the time. He should only get a 60 to 65% share. Of the, of the touches to make sure that he's available for all 17 weeks into the playoffs, hopefully. 
last year with DeAndre Hopkins out, they had to go to him even more. He broke down a little bit. Chase Edmonds not being there didn't help. Having having Daryl Williams and having um, or Daryl Williams and having you know Benjamin there for a little bit of depth will help. I think Daryl Williams is going to be better and it's going to get more touches than people think because people forget people remember you know high double digit touchdowns last year for James Conner was the most important offensive player not named Kyler Murray. To the, for the success of the Arizona Cardinals last year. He doesn't need to replicate that this year, and I think that's what needs to be remembered. So that's why I said pseudo-lock and not absolute bona fide lock. DeAndre Hopkins, when he comes back, is a lock. He just is. I know there's going to be injury concerns. He's a wide receiver one until he's not, and he still is until he's not. So he's a lock. Okay, this is where it gets interesting. Zach Ertz is, I'm going to say, a lock because he's got help with Trey McBride. Max Williams is going to be back. And all he really has to do is run routes and catch footballs. He's large, 6'5". He's going to be a great red zone threat. We saw he still has giddy up. I think that was one of the better, even though it was 30 mil over three years. It's not. I think it's like 20 mil guaranteed. We'll see what happens after this year. Uh, if there's going to be restructuring or if they're going to move on from, I don't know. Like, But I think it's still safe to say that our boy Zach Ertz from Stanford is a lock to be a star for this Arizona Cardinals offense in 2022. And we haven't even got to the rest. I mean, Rodney Hudson is going to be a lock. Okay. So you have Kyler Murray. You have DeAndre Hopkins. You have Rodney Hudson. And you have Zach Ertz as your locks on offense. I kind of teased James Conner. I should have waited for the second segment like I said I was going to. I will, I, I will extrapolate. That's good. I'll extrapolate um, on that in the second segment. But that's four locks on offense out of 11 starters. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Four locks to be stars in 2022. We'll see what Cliffy Baby and Kyler Murray at all will be able to do. Coming up next, the pseudo locks and the question marks is where it's going to get a little weird. There's going to be a question mark next to a name that you thought would be a pseudo lock and vice versa. I'm excited to talk about it. That's next, Lockdown Cardinals first. One thing that's always a lock, if you want to lock down an engagement, if you want to lock down uh, your wife's birthday, BlueNile.com has got you covered. I talk about this every time. I take this copy that they give me and I flip it because, yes, BlueNile.com is one of the best purveyors of jewels, jewelry out there, Okay. They're handcrafted to perfection, engagement rings. They're all one of a kind, okay? The, you, like the diamond shape and clarity, you can choose all of it on your own, okay? To so choose your own adventure. The important part here is if you don't know what you're doing, if you don't know what you're doing, they've got 24-7 support, chat or phone. Like, listen, I have this much help. I want to get this help and they're there for you that level of service is pseudo unmatched you know it's a question mark it's not a lock around the uh, around the industry that's why blue nile.com is so is so impressive make your moment sparkle with jewelry from blue nile.com and locked on sports listeners get 50 bucks off purchases of 500 or more that includes engagement man it's a podcast exclusive Use code locked on. That's code locked on. Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to bluenile.com today. 
How good will the Arizona Cardinals offense be in 2022? Should be pretty damn good. It'll be damn fun to watch. Alex Lancey, Locked On Cardinals. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On Easy Cards. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. If you want to leave a review on the podcast, cool. I'm just happy that you're here. I'm happy that you watch. I'm happy that you listen. Uh, I've been doing this since 2017. Um, been in radio in Phoenix since 2012. Uh, it, it's been it's been a wild ride, and I'm very happy that I was given the opportunity in 2017 to take over the reins at Locked On Arizona Cardinals. The locks are in. Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, Rodney Hudson, and um, you know Zach Ertz. I think I think I think he's going to be a lock to be a star in 2022. Uh, I think you'll see an uptick. Obviously, he only played half the season with the Cardinals last year, a little bit over half the season, but I think you're going to see an uptick. I think you're going to see seven or eight touchdowns. I think you're going to see a lot of yards receiving, and there's going to be a lot of mouths to feed. But every time there's a crowded room. The cream always rises to the top. The best always rises to the top. And we'll see. I mean, I could be completely wrong. Obviously, this is barring injury and anything like that. But I, when DeAndre Hopkins is in, he's a wide receiver one. Lock. Kyler Murray. Lock. Rodney Hudson. Perennial lock. And Zach Ertz, I think, is going to be a sneaky lock. You can look at him as a pseudo lock. But I think he's going to be a lock to be a star in 2022. All right, the pseudo locks. I alluded to it in the first segment, James Conner. I don't see him replicating the numbers from last year. And that's, I think that's a good thing. If the Cardinals offense can improve and he regresses in its touchdown touchdown total, personally for him and for fantasy football owners, not great. For the overall betterment and health of the Arizona Cardinals organization, that's an A-plus win. That's an A-plus win. So because of that, I'm going to say he's a pseudo-lock. Trey McBride, that's a question mark. And the question mark is out of his control. Usage. How often will he be on the field? How much are they going to use him as a wide receiver? How much are they going to use him as an inline block, like as a blocker? How how are they going to like how are they going to utilize their second round pick out of Colorado State, who looks to be a George Kittle clone? He looks to be a guy that's going to make an immediate impact because he's got the body to do so. He's got the hands. He can block. Like is it this year or is it next year for him? That's why it's a question mark. Rondell Moore, the biggest question mark on the roster. Rondell Moore is the biggest question mark on the roster because we don't know. Health aside, we don't know what he is. We know what he's capable of because we saw flashes last year. We saw some oh my God moments, as I said, but we also saw him completely disappear. I don't know if that's because Cliff Kingsbury didn't know how to use him. I, I, I don't know. I don't know the route. Maybe he just wasn't ready to play at the NFL level yet. Maybe. I, we don't know. But the big win here is that he stays on the field. That's what you hope, is that he'll be on the field, he'll be healthy. Obviously, you never want to see anybody get hurt, but also for the leveling up of the Arizona Cardinals offense, it's going to be pretty important for him to be healthy and to be ready to play on game day. A.J. Green, pseudo lock. Now, this is on a curve, but it's a pseudo lock. A.J. Green is a first ballot Hall of Famer, okay? He's one of the best wide receivers we've ever seen. First ballot maybe lose. I don't know what happens with the Hall of Fame anymore. But he is going to catch 70 balls. He's going to have seven or 800 yards or 900 yards receiving and five or six touchdowns. He can do it in his sleep. And with a second year with Kyler Murray, remember, A.J. Green was a safety blanket when DeAndre Hopkins went out from the wide receiver position. 
And I feel like people completely undervalue the importance of A.J. Green. I know he's not what he was. I know that he didn't turn around and Kyler Murray threw him the ball in Thursday Night Football. Spoiler alert, that's not why they lost the rest of the year. That was one guy that had played six and a half games up to that point with the, with the young quarterback. That's what that was. It could have been on Kyler Murray. You know, A.J. Green pseudo lock to be exactly what he was last year, this year. And he may actually improve if DeAndre Hopkins is on the field. Like, if he gets one-on-one coverage, remember, he's 6'4", he's got great hands, and he's great at 50-50 balls. I don't know what else you want from an aging vet who stayed with the Arizona Cardinals when he probably could have got a little bit of cheese elsewhere. Hollywood Brown. I told you there were there was a surprise or two. This is the biggest question mark from a wide receiver one. Like I said, Rondell Moore was, but th- let, let me put it this way. This is the, the biggest question mark with the most immediate impact on the roster. Yes, Kyler Murray and he have history. That's great. I don't say that sarcastically. He put up pretty bonkers numbers in Baltimore when they have two, when they have one receiver and one tight end. And, you know, they were running the ball a lot run first before last year. And if if Lamar Jackson doesn't go out, he eclipses all of his numbers. I know all of that. We don't know if it's going to work in this offense. We don't know if it's going to work right away. Like it's going to work in this offense. But if you're going to tell me that he's going to be a bona fide wide receiver, one star next year, without a doubt, I don't see it yet. I hope that's true, but there's too many, there's too many, you know, there's too many situations that are unmeasurable at this point. We haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen anything. And I'm, this is not by any stretch saying that he's not going to be a great player at all. I'm just saying that if you tell me that he's a wide receiver one right out the gate, I'm going to want to see it first. Got to prove it in this system. Prove it that you're more than just a deep threat. Prove it that you have drops in the end zone under control, which he didn't in Baltimore. Talk with Kevin Ostriker, locked on Ravens a couple times. So he's got a case of the dropsies, and he dropped wide open touchdown passes. That's not to say it's going to happen. No, no player, no human being is perfect. That's not the point of this exercise. The point of me saying that he's a question mark going into 2022 is he has the most pressure on him to perform because of how he was acquired. And when there were a lot of other needs elsewhere, Steve Kime chose to trade for Kyler Murray's wide receiver one in college when he could have drafted his wide receiver one, C.D. Lamb, a couple of years prior. He went and traded for Hollywood Brown, so you know what? This is the move to get the offense over the top. And let's hope it works. Alex Lancey, Lockdown Cardinals. Coming up next, <laughs> I mean, this dude is way smarter than I am. Okay. And he's a guy that he put together this damn graph that has that has Cliff Kingsbury as the fourth best quarterback in the NFL, fourth best head coach in the NFL um when given an average roster. He did the he did the math, he did the numbers, he's going to explain it to us next. Connor McQuiston from Pro Football Focus is going to join me. Next, Locked on Cardinals. First, Bill Parr, Bill Parr, Bill Parr, Carmel Brownie. Carmel Brownie, Carmel Brownie, Carmel Brownie. You can take your Milky Way and you can shove it, man. I say that in the nicest way possible. Because 
Bill Bars taste like candy bars. They're covered in chocolate. They've got four grams of sugar, especially this one, caramel brownie, four grams of sugar, 130 calories, 17 grams of protein. You don't need dessert. You don't need to eat a seven-course breakfast to get the protein you need. Six bites, man. These things are incredible. Truly, Built Bars are excellent. They are. The company's great. The product is great. They're good every single time, and they've got a bevy of flavors. But caramel brownie is the one they're featuring right now. You should get some. Let me read it again. Okay. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, four grams of sugar. For those that are lifters, people that know what macros are that I just learned about a couple months ago, the macros are unreal with the Caramel Brownie Built Bar. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right. Final segment, Locked on Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. This, this is... I'm nervous about talking to this person that I'm bringing in. I've teased it all show. Um, this guy is, uh, let's say he's smart. Um, he's got the analytics down pat. Um, and he's ruining my narrative about Cliff Kingsbury. All in one. So why the hell not just bring him onto the damn show and make me look like an idiot? That's what I like to do best here. Connor McQuist and Pro Football Focus joining me here. Dude, first of all, thank you very much for joining me. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Uh, no problem. Glad to be on. Uh, Okay, so go blue. Are you double major in math go and blue, physics? Baby. Do I have that right? Double yes, major in math I'm, and physics? I'm very I graduated a semester early too, if you really want to pump me up. But I'm just very stubborn. That's all that means. I'm just extremely okay. stubborn. Great. And I was on the Van Wilder seven year plan. You're probably too young to even know what Van Wilder is. Okay, so I think my mom likes um, that. Oh yeah. I'm never getting Trevor Sycamore's advice on anything again. Okay. So um all joking aside, you put together a chart of sorcery and wizardry that has Cliff Kingsbury ranked the fourth best head coach in the NFL when coaching an average roster. Do I have that right? Because I, I yes, that, that is the interpretation. Yes. Okay, great. So this is what it looks like for those that are watching on YouTube right now. He's got Cliff ahead of Kyle Shanahan, ahead of Sean McVay. Um, and ahead of, you know, 27 or 28 other 28 other NFL head coaches in this specific in specific graph. Can you explain to me before I talk real world, you talk numbers and we meet together? How the hell this happened? How did this happen? What okay, am I yeah. saying? How did this happen? Okay. So the, so the way I did these rankings is, so when you rank head coaches from an analytical perspective, you have to do things one you have to pick a number of how good the, that uh coach's roster is and then two you have to pick a number to say okay this is how good the coach is both of these are incredibly difficult um and anything you there is no right answer everything is a little bit wrong in a different way so the way i went about saying how good the coach's roster is i looked at the at every starter's salary numbers with the logic about and this sounds a little funky but the logic behind this is if i have two quarterbacks in the same offseason one signs for 50 million dollars another signs for 30 dollars the quarterback who signs a 50 million dollar contract is probably better this was a this is applied across the board to all positions on offense and defense uh, the target variable i chose the number i'm saying this is how good the coach is is i chose points scored and points allowed over the course of the season um and the specific model i chose allowed me to estimate uh this this is the range of how of how big the effect the coach has on this specific number 
And given those effects on both on points allowed and points scored, I can then translate that into wins using this thing called Pythagorean wins. That's a lot of syllables. Basically, I'm using salaries to say how good the players are, and then I'm doing then I'm looking about how many then I estimate how many points a coach adds on offense and defense. Uh, so it, so it's kind of a it's kind of a win above replacement with with coaches loosely. Yeah, that like I, that's that that's the idea behind it. I, I would. I wouldn't describe it exactly as war, uh, mainly because war is a much more robust thing, both for, both from PFF and both in the you know, uh, baseball sense. Uh, the main issue with this model is, of course, if a player is you know performing above or below uh, their salary level, then you know that coach gets undue credit or criticism. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury and uh, Mike Common are the big examples of this because uh, Ben Roethlisberger made a ton of money, but was real bad the past two years. So the offense wasn't as good as the model expected. So Mike Tomlin goes way down. Uh, Kyler obviously has been great. He's been one of the better quarterbacks in the league, uh, but he's playing on a rookie deal. I do have an indicator for if a player is on his rookie contract, but he's been better than you would expect of a rookie court of someone on a rookie rookie contract. So you know, Cliff gets undue. Uh, I oh. still think Cliff is a good coach, but I, oh. I think his specific placement at number four is probably a bit uh, a bit rich for my blood. If we look at the uh, for those of you on YouTube, if you look this look at the specific graphs. Um, the error bars and the placement between the coaches between uh, 3 and 11, so that's between Andy Reid and Sean McVay, uh, those are basically indistinguishable. So while, yes, Click Kingsbury in this in this way is specifically number four, he's somewhere within that second tier of coaches, at least uh, in my opinion. So that's, you know, your Mike Variables, your Kyle Shanahan's, your Matt LaFleur's. So I do, th I do still think he is a good coach, um, but four specifically, you know, it's a, it's a bit rich for my blood. That's just how the numbers turned out. Connor Quist and Pro Football Focus joining me here. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. Follow me on Twitter, Clancy's Corner. Follow him at ConnorMCQ5. Um, you know, that shits. Okay, so that's interesting. So in my more look at graph, yell at graph brain. Of course, I, as you should. And, 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 and for how, but how you described it, you can only account for rookie scale deals so much because rookies aren't supposed to be as good as veterans. In theory. Exactly. So that's why maybe maybe Cliff got if you did this graph in 2023 and everything stayed the same and Kyler Murray had gotten paid, where do you think he would have like? And I know this is unfair to ask somebody who's so analytically oh, no, no. driven as you. Where would he land on one to 32 if Kyler Murray was making his second contract money, say 45 million dollars a year? Yeah. So if he was making the second contract money, and we assume the rest of the Cardinals' offense is still relatively not super paid well. I know D. Hop is paid is paid great, but across the offensive yeah. line, and Zach Ertz has a solid contract. But other than that, like, uh, it's not a very well-paid offense, so the model sees that and doesn't think very highly of it. Uh, you know, take that what you will. Also, probably a little bit of the same idea. Uh, but, you know, if Kyler Murray just has, like, a veteran contract that he deserves and everything else stays the same, he's he's still probably in that top tier, but he's probably closer between, like, 8 to 12. Got it. Got it. Now, and 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 one last question here before I get you out of here, because uh, it, it's it's fascinating. I I joke about the analytics, but I mean it's fascinating. And pro football yeah. focus, pro football sometimes focus it is, is very silly. I yeah, but it's yeah, but I talk about if Kyler Murray should get traded because I have to. You're doing yeah. stuff just in an analytic sense. It's the same kind of thing just to see what happens. It makes total sense. And yours has a lot more merit than mine with that specific random topic. Um, do you do these blind? Or do you know you're like, okay, Cliff Kingsbury is – and then let's see where he is. Or it's like you you assign um, you assign a number. You assign a uh, – Jesus, whatever. Do you assign a number to both of those things? Are you going blind or is it like, okay, this is Cliff Kingsbury's ranking here? Yeah, so um, 
uh, so in terms of the ranking, that's just ordering it based on like, the output of the model. But in terms of like, do I have a set idea in my head of where coaches should end up? Yeah, I mean, if Bill, if Bill Belichick was, if I'm making a list of best coaches and Bill Belichick isn't one, like I'm throwing the model out. Something's terrible. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes uh, sense. That makes sense. Yeah, but, but in terms of like a smaller things, which like you know, Cliff Kingsbury ends up better than we think he might, uh, then that that says something interesting about him. And I think I can explain the uh, outlier relative to what you know the John Q public would expect to put him. So yeah, I can explain why that is. And I see how he's a good offensive coach, which I think you know I think it's a pretty safe thing to say. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and that's great. And hopefully down the road, and you can, again, follow him at ConnorMCQ5 on Twitter, uh, Connor McQuiston from Pro Football Focus, uh, some of the smartest football minds in so many different ways over there. Again, obviously, Trevor Sycamus is uh, a real good friend of the show, formerly of Locked On uh, Podcast Network. Uh, Connor, really appreciate you taking some time and explaining what the hell wizardry, what did I call it? I think I called it sorcery with you. I'm like, you yeah, are. Yeah. yeah, now, but here's the thing, though, and this is great. You know what? I've been waiting for Cliff to prove me wrong week one through week 17. I've been waiting for it. And I still rest on my laurel that he has never won an important NFL game. He hasn't. That he's had to win, he hasn't. He didn't clinch the playoff spot for themselves in 2021. Sean McVay had to do it. Now, that's kind of a negative way to look at it. But when you look at this graph, it obviously gives people pause. And it's like, you know what? Maybe there's more in here than Alex Clancy of Locked On Cardinals is giving Cliff credit for. And maybe I will frame myself as such until, you know, there's another model that comes out that says, you know, he should be a mascot and not a head coach. I'll be waiting yeah. for that. Uh, Conor Quiz of Pro Football Focus, dude. Thanks so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me on. It's been great. Alex Lancey, Locked on Cardinals. I'll talk to you tomorrow.